from the studios of Fractal Recording, this is The Mystic Show, episode 128. Welcome to the Mystic Show. And hey, do you like how the music goes in the beginning? It goes for like 20 seconds or 25 seconds. I like it. I think it's relaxing. It's nice. Uh, It's a piece by Richard Shulman, which is kind of cool. I really like it. Really sets the mood for the show. Um, So welcome to the Mystic Show. I'm your host, Chris Curran, and I'm happy you're able to join me. This is the show where we talk about spirituality and mindfulness and meditation and spiritual practice and a lot of self-help, a lot of the unseen and otherworldly aspects of our lives, which are the most important aspects, but we rarely give them much attention and we rarely try to uh, improve ourselves in these areas. So the purpose of the show is for you and I to grow spiritually, to be inspired, maybe to read more, to meditate more, to become more open and um, study, right? See, spirituality is a thing you have to study, whether it's by experience meditating or by reading or, or both. So we release new episodes every Friday morning. You can get them on iTunes and Stitcher and on our website, themysticshow.net. And also on our website, you can sign up for behind-the-scenes emails, which are little tidbits of personal information I I put out there every week, uh, stuff that you don't hear on the air. And also, if you sign up for the the behind-the-scenes emails at our website, again, themysticshow.net, you'll get a really cool recording I made called Relax with Rumi. I took relaxing meditation music and I read selected Rumi quotes over it, and it's came out really well. So if you haven't gotten that, definitely get that. Um, I'd like to quickly thank Pause Your Life for being our sort of our sponsor, but our sister organization. And um, and on this episode, we're going to talk about the center, and I'll explain what that is in a minute. First, I want to welcome the new folks. If this is your first episode of the Mystic Show, welcome to the community. And I'd like to also thank our current supporters. Um, all you got, all you guys who listen and share our episodes and retweet and all that. Thank you so much. I mean, it really helps get the word out there to people who, who might need to hear it. You know, sometimes people in their lives are, they just need something. They need something hopeful or something inspirational. And, you know, you never know. They come across a tweet or a Facebook post, and it's it can lift them up. It can really make a difference in people's lives. So thanks for sharing, and and special thanks also to the folks who are supporting us on Patreon. 
they're actually pledging, you know, a dollar or two or three per episode to support the show, to show their support, to lend a hand and and help us pay for the uh, production costs of this show. And I quickly wanted to just convey my convey my feelings about this show. I started this show almost well about a year and a half ago, and this is my baby. This is like my show that I'm very protective of, and I don't want to I don't want to have guests that are gonna um, not represent what this show is all about, which is true spirituality. Not any of the funny stuff, not anything having to do with money or businesses of selling spirituality or selling whatever. This is about you and the spark of divinity inside your heart and becoming closer with that. That's all it's about. Um, And I don't ever want to, I don't ever want this show and I, I won't let it become anything but a purely good thing that you can count on to to hear good material on real spiritual subjects and of course look our our physical lives our material lives they always come into the conversation right i mean it's natural so of course we're going to talk about some real world practical things but we're also going to get a little theoretical at times and interview great guests and um I also, by the way, I just, my wife and I just watched this movie, Gattaca, and I've probably seen it, I don't know, six or seven times, which is a lot for me. I don't, I don't typically watch movies that many times over the years, uh, unless I really like it, but Gattaca is one of my favorites. If you haven't seen it, it's very, very inspirational and um, has a, you know, strong spiritual undertone. So it's, it's just, it's an awesome movie, Gattaca. Um, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. But today we're going to talk about the center. And the reason we're going to talk about the center today is because today, well, today is April 30th, 2015. Um, and this episode will come out tomorrow, May 1st. So you're hearing me on May 1st or later, uh, but I'm recording this on April 30th, and today is the birth anniversary of um, one of my spiritual guides. His name is Ram Chandra. He's uh, affectionately known as Babaji. He resided in Shahjanpur, India, and he was born in 1899, and he actually... Uh, attained his Maha Samadhi in 1983, uh, which is long before I learned about him. Um, I mean, I just learned about him about 12 years ago when I started the Sahaj Marg practice, um, which is the teaching he he gave in 1945. He registered the Sri Ram Chandra mission in India and started teaching the Sahaj Marg method of spiritual practice. And he wrote several books, and they are profound, beyond profound. They're, I mean, so much of his teachings are revolutionary in, in terms of, you know, Raja Yoga 
and, and, and the science of spirituality as well. And one of his concepts, it's just one of the concepts he taught, was uh, the center. And I have a bunch of notes here, and I'm going to talk about this, and I kind of might go here and there, <laughs> but hopefully throughout my uh, presentation here, hopefully you'll, you're able to get the gist of, of what the center is and, and why it's important and all that kind of thing. Um, so, I mean... You may already know, but I think most most people agree, like I said before, that we each have a spark of divinity in our heart, and that's our soul, if you will, right? Most everyone agrees that each of us has a soul, and our soul came into being in its naked form at the time of creation. So if you think of the time of creation, you know, boom, everything was created, and it didn't necessarily make that noise, boom. But anyway, you know, the moment creation happened, our soul, each of our souls were in existence then as a pure form, in a naked form. And as time went by, we basically added all these coverings to ourself, our, to our soul, right? We, um, in the form of manas, which is psyche, um, chit, which is consciousness, and buddhi, which is intellect, and of course, ahankar, which is ego. So we started to have our own mind, and we had our own ego, and we became, we started to gather layers of these things around our pure, naked soul. And then we started to identify with the ego. And so basically, we just, in our consciousness, we became separate, right? We said, oh, this is me, and that's everything else. Although everything came from the same thing, and in essence, everything is one. You know, not in physical reality, everything is not one, but in essence, right? And essence is spirituality, right? We have to go beyond the material. So, and then we, then our soul started getting wrapped up in these things and more and more we we gathered impressions and these led to all these feelings of comforts and miseries and joys and sorrows and you know that's if you think of it that's where we are now in our lives we're we're human beings we know we have a divine core we have a soul at our core right we know we're connected to everything but on the outside, we have a material body and we have to work and earn money and eat food and go to the bathroom and pay taxes. <laughs> well, most of us do. Um, so that's the situation we're in. And, and Babaji, again, who, whose birthday, whose birth anniversary it is today, he said that the goal of human life is to get back to that original naked form that we started at and sort of shed all these layers. And that is our spiritual practice. That's why we meditate. That's why we do cleaning. That's why we, you know, the reason we feel that we're not complete or we need something from outside ourselves to be complete is because it's all in our mind. It's all ego. In reality, we have to shed these layers to become closer to 
what we were originally. And the closer we get, you know, the less ego we have, uh, the more intuitive we become, the more subtle we become, the more sensitive we become, and the more we can, um, you know, strengthen our own individual will with the divine will. And, and this is all um, sort of rooted in Raja Yoga, for sure. Uh, but Babaji definitely added a lot more to it. So this idea of liberation, when we are on our spiritual path and we achieve or attain a certain level, uh, when we shed enough layers, we basically att- attain liberation, which is the end of the cycle of birth and death. So liberation is like the, in a way, it's kind of like the first relevant attainment on our spiritual path. So because if we don't attain liberation, then when we die, we still have all the layers. We're still, our soul is still wrapped up in all these layers and nature wants us to be clean and pure. So nature sends us back into another life to give us another chance to shed all these layers, right? And by the way, you don't have to believe in reincarnation and all this stuff to, you know, to understand that um, each of us individually has created a lot of layers for ourselves (laughs) and a lot of problems for ourselves, right? Don't Don't you also feel that most, if not all, of the problems that we face in life were created by ourselves. So, the goal of life, you know, nature wants us to be clean. Nature wants us to be happy and healthy and joyful, and not in a physical way, like, you know, laying on a picnic blanket, eating an ice cream sundae on a nice day, therefore I'm joyful. Not that joy. Joy from a from inside yourself, from a from a deep spiritual level. And so nature just wants us to be cleaned. That's why when you get sick, your sickness is basically nature cleaning you of some element in your system that should not be there. So if you eat something that you shouldn't have eaten, you're gonna get sick because nature and your body want your body to be clean and and work the optimum way. So your body gets sick to expel that that foreign element. And then after the foreign element is out, then your body is back to natural form and you feel good. So the same is true with our soul and our spiritual journey. And the goal is to basically... Uh, The goal of life is the point we have to finally arrive at, which is basically our homeland, you know, the primeval state of our present solid existence. It's that state, you know, right when, right at the time of creation, when everything was pure, that's what we're going back to. Now, again, I mentioned (laughs) in the intro that Sometimes we get theoretical on this show, right? And a lot of what I'm saying is theoretical. However, you can meditate and you can learn these things from inside. You don't have to learn it from a book. You can learn these things and more from the inside, right? 
And the final point where we have to arrive at our, the goal of human life is where every kind of power and force and activity uh, or even stimulus disappears. All these things disappear and a man enters a state of complete negation. Now, negation is, well, I, I'm not even going to get into that. <laughs> that's, that's too much. Um, so, so as far as the goal of human life and the center, right? We're talking, we're going to talk about the center now. So Babaji also came up with this little graphic and it's basically a point in the center and then concentric circles around it. And I think there's 23 circles. Um, and these circles all represent the layers, you know, right? So, and then the center is in the middle. And the center is basically God, if you want to think of it that way. So, but first I just want to mention quickly some of the, some of the circles or some of the layers we have to go through are the stages of Maya, which is illusion. You know, a lot of times in life we, we don't perceive a situation properly because we have all these preconceived notions, you know, people act a certain way and we just, we pigeonhole them. We say, oh, that guy, he's a bad guy. And, you know, maybe he did some bad things, but maybe the next day he does a good thing. But instead of recognizing the good thing he did, you still say, oh, he's a bad guy. So you're not perceiving reality. You're just, you have your own, uh, you know, your own way of thinking and your own preconceived notions, your own reality, which really is an illusion <laughs> because your reality in, in, in the example is different from the real reality, right? So there's so much illusion in our life. I mean, just watch TV if you, <laughs> if you need evidence of that. And after the stages of illusion come the stages of egoism, right? Because our ego... Really, our ego is the only thing standing between us and God or God realization or whatever, whatever the highest goal, whatever you want to call that, right? Our ego, it's me. I'm here and God's over there. <laughs> That's a problem because God's everywhere, right? And most of all, he's in your heart. So we have to shed this ego that says I'm separate. Right? So, and then comes the central region. Those are the layers more towards the center, the central region. That's a whole nother show right there. And then there's the center, which is God or the ultimate. And along the way, as you move through these, from the outside, as you move through the concentric circles toward the center, you're becoming subtler and subtler and that's the way of the spiritual path to become more simple and subtle. So I, I think the reason, the whole reason I'm bringing up the center as a concept um, really is because of the way I was raised, which I was raised Catholic. And, you know, I always heard that God was up in heaven and basically God judges you. If you do bad things, he'll punish you. And so, you know, you'd almost think, I thought, like, 
the, there's clouds up in the sky. Like God was like, you know, a 50 foot tall human being sitting up on a throne on a cloud in the sky. And he's watching us and he's judging us. So that's one concept of God. That's how I, in my youth, understood the Catholic God, right? Now, compare that to Babaji's concept of the center. So there's no, first of all, there's no judging. The judge, judgment is nowhere in spirituality. It doesn't exist. There's only nature and there's only your actions. <laughs> if you smack your hand with a hammer, it's going to hurt. God, did not, God does not make it hurt. You made it hurt by hitting it with the hammer. <laughs> that's all. There's nothing more to it. So, of course, that's a very glib example, but I think you understand what I mean. There's no judgment. We act, we suffer the consequences, or we enjoy the consequences if we do good things, right? So when we're in close touch with the center, that's when you discover the reality of the world, right? As you move toward the center and get more subtle and more subtle, and you shed more of these layers, these subtle layers, you become closer to God. And then what happens then is your intuitive perception also grows. So you, you just, you know things, right? Because there's no barrier. There's no barrier between what God knows and what you know. Whereas in everyday life, we think we're separate. We have our own mind. We have our own likes and dislikes and our habits and everything. We're so clouded with our own consciousness, our own existence, our own ego, that we can't feel, we can't hear what God says. You know, We can't perceive the reality because we're so clouded with our own stuff, right? So our intuitive perception also grows along this pathway. And there's a few, couple excerpts I would just want to touch on from, from this book. It may take me a second to find the page here. Um, this is Babaji's book called Efficacy of Raja Yoga in the Light of Sahaj Marg. And... On one of the pages, he basically says, when the time of creation came, the latent motion beneath the center grew stronger, causing a stirring movement, which later led to the formation of the universe. So there was, you know, this is, in a way, sounds a little like the Big Bang Theory. Um, not the show, not the TV show, the actual theory. Um, and then... He also says on this page, I'm, I'm just turning the pages here. Um, so remember I mentioned the, the diagram of the dot in the middle, that's the center, and then all the concentric circles around it. He says the space shown around the dot marked C, so this, the, the dot marked C is in the middle, the space around that is the actual landing place sorry, is the actual place of landing and swimming for liberated souls. This is such a vast expanse that the first Rishi of the time when the world was born 
is still swimming and has not yet been able to reach even the middle, middle point of this ocean. So when we get close to the center, we don't, we really can't reach the actual center. We just keep swimming toward it, towards it. And he says that the only time when we reach the actual center is when we all reach the center, which is at when, which is the dissolution of the universe, let's say. In, in scientific terms, if there's a big bang when the universe was created, science says there's also going to be a big crunch when everything comes back to where it was and goes into, you know, whatever. We don't know. But basically, the Big Bang is when creation came into existence, and the Big Crunch is when it goes out of existence. (laughs) And it's only then that we will actually reach, that we will actually be one with God. He also mentions this idea of nothingness or zero, Um, The more closer you get to the center, since you're shedding all your layers, you really become like nothing, like nothingness. And that's a word he he uses to describe God as well, nothingness, because it's the absolute. It's the nothingness from which everything comes, which plenty of, of, uh, you know, ancient scriptures tell us that as well. So, and he also says about the point marked C in the diagram, whether you call it God or anything else for expression, this is the main point. This point is absolutely motionless, and there is no energy, no power, nor anything of the sort. Just adjacent to it is the latent motion, which generates power that issues henceforth. The center only maintains the latent motion. The color of this place can be expressed as a faint reflection of colorlessness. It is throwing forth in the central region something in the shadowy form expressed above as light. So he describes that there's a shadowy form of light there, but he also says that the word light is is too gross of a word, but he can't find another word (laughs) to describe what... uh, what he sees there. So you can tell that this is pretty deep stuff and, you know, you kind of have to (laughs) meditate and, and really want to understand these things. Um, because if you, if you want to understand on a deeper way, you can, it just takes some spiritual practice. So the center is a concept that makes sense to me. And, um, I think it makes sense in general, and what I really like about it, again, is that it, it, it describes God and our spiritual goal in a very simple way, where we're not being judged by anyone, and we don't have to fear God. There's nothing to fear, you know? It's just, we're home, you know? It's like going back home. And the cool thing is, the more you meditate and progress spiritually, you can start to feel at home while you're still in a body. Because if you meditate properly with the proper guidance, you can achieve, uh, you can achieve these higher states. You can actually 
achieve these goals while you're still in a body, which to me is very exciting. And that's one of the reasons I've been practicing Sahaj Marg for the last 12 years and also helping other people learn about it. Um, I feel blessed to have come across the practice because I've been able to not only learn so much in terms of knowledge, but in terms of experience and in terms of guidance. I mean, can you imagine the questions I've asked (laughs) certain people regarding these kinds of things? I've asked so many questions and, you know, sometimes I get an answer, sometimes I don't. But it's a wonderful adventure. And um, so I hope going over this concept of the center was beneficial. I mean, I'm a strong believer in stretching ourselves. So, you know, we shouldn't study. Well, let's put it this way. If you're in sixth grade and you're doing math in sixth grade, I believe it's nice if you can study eighth grade math books or ninth grade. Even if you don't study them all the time, you should kind of just browse them and talk about it a little and just so but what you're doing is you're you're really preparing yourself almost subconsciously for more growth. So on the Mystic Show, when we talk about these things, it might seem wacky, it might seem way way up there or way out there. Uh, but I believe it's important to talk about these things and think about these things because that's setting us up for our future growth. We're sort of like, it's like working on a problem before you're required to work on the problem. You just start working on it early. You get your answer quicker, right? So I hope some of this was valuable to you. I really appreciate you listening to The Mystic Show. If you have any comments on this what we've been talking about, definitely go to themysticshow.net and it's episode 128 and leave your comments and questions. And I hope you can share as well on social media the episodes of this show because it really helps, again, other people discover. So as you move through your the rest of your day and your weekend, maybe keep some of these concepts in mind. Maybe meditate on some of these ideas. Or maybe write in your journal. So I hope your adventure is going well. I hope you're forging ahead. And I wish you the best of luck on your spiritual journey. And as always, keep shining. <laughs>